0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie podcast. My name is Eugene Driscoll, and I'm here with my co-host, Ethan Fry. Hello, Ethan. Good afternoon. We're reporters with Valleyindie.org, a nonprofit newspaper based on Main Street in Ansonia. Today is October 26, and we'll be talking about the state senate race in the 17th district, which covers Ansonia, Beacon Falls, Bethany, Derby, Hamden, Naugatuck, and Woodbridge. Today, our guest is the man who currently represents the people of those towns in Hartford, Senator Joseph Crisco. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We appreciate you uh, uh, coming down here. We're a hyperlocal news site, as I said just before we went on, Mike. So we view journalism as a community service, and thanks for coming. So let's get right into it. Ethan, why don't you go ahead and uh, start asking some of the first questions, and I'll make sure our sound and everything like that. Mm. Is
2: good. All right. Well, the, just to start off, the the Senate Republican Campaign Committee sent out a mailer this week uh, saying voting for Joe Crisco is really a vote for Governor Malloy. Clearly, there's an effort to tie you with an unpopular governor. Uh, the GOP says you voted for the two largest tax hikes in state history for a seven hundred sixty million dollar job killing tax hike on Connecticut employers. How do you respond to those criticisms?
1: Well, because I respond that you know it's incorrect. Uh, the two larger tax hikes that they're referring to were a proposal; uh, we never actually never actually became uh, law. You know, that was the uh, seven hundred sixty million dollars on employers, and uh, the other tax on uh, uh, on middle class families. Uh, they were well. The first, the the two largest tax hikes were proposals. And uh, so I don't believe that their statement, their mailer was accurate.
2: And just in terms of like the the bigger picture of, uh, you know, there was a Quinnipiac poll, I think, that came out in June. Uh, that pegged M- Governor Malloy's approval rating at, at 24%, I think, if I uh, remember it correctly. W- w- how do you respond to those? You know, it, it, it seems like the, the, the GOP line of attack, not only in this uh, race, but in, you know, statewide, seems to be, you know, a vote for any Democrat is a vote for this unpopular yeah, you're government. Correct.
1: But, you know, it's interesting. There hasn't been any polls that, you know, and help me on this, since June. Correct. Now, yeah, what, I'm aware of. what we've experienced this is this trifecta. And what is the trifecta? Electric Boat, Pratt-Whitney, Sikorsky, that he has uh, been able to uh, successfully put together. And then the General Assembly approved the Sikorsky deal. But that was fantastic. I mean, that preserved, I think, 600 jobs at Electric Boat, about 8,000 at uh, Pratt-Whitney, and and about 10,000 at Sikorsky, including, including... 302 subcontractors. And um, if he has been, you know, that much of a uh, problem for the state, uh, something is wrong somewhere. I, I, I think uh, that it's just fantastic what has accomplished that. And remember, in the, I can only speak for the Senate. On the Sikorsky uh, agreement, I believe there was only one vote against it. It was my dear friend and colleague, Senator Markley, who sits next to me. And uh, so it's just strange uh, that uh, this is the uh, the war cry uh, for the opposite party.
0: And, sir, how many terms have you been uh, in the state Senate?
1: I've been 12 years. Uh, sorry, 12 terms. 12 uh,
0: terms, okay.
1: Yeah, I started, this is an interesting story. I started as a staff member 100 years ago uh, with former member uh, Joe Feliso, lieutenant governor uh, who I worked very closely with, uh, he was president of the Senate then, then became lieutenant governor, and I was a staff person. And uh, and through the efforts, it, it, now I'm going to use some names, of uh, Bob Jimu, who was the congressman from the 3rd District, who was the first Connecticut congressman, I guess, to head a major committee. He was chairman of the Budget Committee. Of course, Laura Rosa laura replaced him, and through the efforts of uh, John Bailey, I was uh, you know, received the appointment to uh, be a staff person for Joe Felicio. So, I I've lived through uh, many situations uh, at the Capitol, and then when I had the opportunity to be a candidate, uh, because uh, former Senator Hale decided not to run again, I was very interested in it, and I spoke to my dear wife and family, and they said, "Go for it," and so. That's the story.
0: And I, I wanted to ask you in, in terms of experience, how does campaigning during a presidential election cycle differ from the non-presidential years?
1: Well, personally, for my race, I don't find any differently. We're still speaking to the people. You know, uh, we do a lot of door-to-door. We've, we've always been committed 110 percent. No one calls our office. And doesn't get a call back no one has a request that we don't try to resolve Uh, we're very proud of our record i we have a proven record and proven results we have 35 pages uh, that is maintained in my office of uh, service all the committees i've been on and accomplishments and i've also been very fortunate to receive 87 individual awards so i have not been twiddling my thumb i have been Committed 110% trying to do what's best for the people of the 17th and the state of Connecticut. That's, that's basically what it's all about as far as I'm concerned. How do we make life better? Um, as you know, yesterday we were at Griffin Hospital where we, where we awarded the uh, hospital uh, through Dr. Joseph there on his uh, multiple sclerosis work $1.3 million. Uh, where did that come from? I called it miracle dollars yesterday. Well, originated from my biomedical, and I say my, remember, no one does it alone. You deal with the support of your colleagues, both sides of the aisle, uh, your legislative staff, your caucus staff, uh, and your constituents. But we were very fortunate, um, well, about nine years ago, to, to um, have the idea, when they had the Tobacco Settlement Fund, mm-hmm. to uh, create a biomedical research fund for research on heart disease, cancer, smoking-related illnesses, diabetes, uh, stroke, and Alzheimer's. And what we did is we received that um, yearly and we put half uh, in reserve. uh, my, My hope was to have some gigantic a reserve to make uh, a real major impact on the disease. And the other half, the Department of Public Health at the time uh, awarded um, grants to various researchers throughout the state. And the origin of it was because at that time, the National Institute of Health reduced their research grants tremendously. So the researchers were really uh, hurting for research dollars. And we're very proud of um, you know what we established. Unfortunately, Because of budget situations, uh, the fund was eliminated, but there was this reserve of 3.9 left. And so uh, working with uh, uh, Representative Walker in New Haven and Senator Bai of uh, West Hartford, uh, we took the 3.9, divided it, 1.3 went to Griffin, as you know, for multiple sclerosis research. 1.3 went to Yale New Haven for juvenile diabetes research, and 1.3 went to uh, the Yukon Health Center for bladder cancer and breast cancer.
0: And then, Ethan, we we had uh, the center just brought up Griffin Hospital. Yeah, yeah, just as a,
2: like, after the—
0: And then I wanted to ask you about Donald Trump after (laughs) this question.
2: After that uh, Griffin event, there was a little back and forth between uh, you and Representative Claritas, uh, who, like, you know, for a couple reasons, she would, you know— was upset that she wasn't invited and uh, she also you know said that you the democrats were hypocrites because uh you know there's been uh funding cuts to griffin and you responded that there you know the republicans haven't uh you know n- none of their budgets have like come up for a vote but just explain that process a little more because like the initial uh my initial reaction uh to that was like well like if, if the republican budgets came up for a vote they'd be Defeated heavily because of the Democratic majorities, but to explain well, the, the well, more than that, it's yeah, not yeah.
1: so much whether it be defeated or passed, but uh, they would be uh, uh, analyzed by our Office of Fiscal Analysis, and it would it was a you know a nonpartisan mm-hmm. a part of the legislature which would say your ba- your budget is in balance or it's out of balance, and so that never happened because it was never never submitted. Uh, I personally had no problem with. Uh, uh, House Republican Leah Claris being there, I've always considered her a friend. Uh, we've worked together. In fact, we worked on as we were speaking um, before uh, the Thoma Bill, which is a better diagnosis tool for uh, breast cancer. So uh, I consider her a friend, and I, I from you know day one had no problem with her being mm-hmm. there. And I think what happened was that uh, the. Um, Caucus wanted people who voted for the budget. And if you didn't vote for the budget, then that was the reason I think she wasn't invited. But as it was, if people listened to me from the beginning, uh, we wouldn't have had this problem. Uh, she would have been there, and she was there anyway. So it was really moot.
0: And, and, and then getting back to the the presidential race, uh, if you'll allow me, what impact is Donald Trump having on your race, uh, if any? He, he seems to have the support uh, in the Lower Valley uh, at least by judging by the number of lawn signs we see uh, locally, because it seems to be a different presidential race than anything we've experienced
1: before. You're correct. It is. I, I think it's impossible for me to determine what impact it would have. You know, on my race. I, I said earlier, I've been committed to my responsibility 110. Uh, we have a proven record, proven results. So we been extremely creative, like the Biomedical Research Fund. And the other thing, which I really forgot about uh, at Griffin Hospital, uh, Dr. Joe, I have trouble <laughs> pronouncing his last name. Gornachia,
2: <laughs> uh, rem- maybe? I hope I'm not butchering
1: he it. He reminded me that um, a few years ago, he had a young girl uh, who had who MS, obviously, and um, the prescriptions that were available for insurance coverage were not helping her so there was an, what they call an off-label prescription that uh, was a, a medication that was used perhaps years ago but the insurance companies wouldn't cover it so he came to us uh, along with you know with pat charmel and we introduced the uh, legislation titled off-label prescriptions uh, which required insurance companies to provide coverage for off-label prescriptions and we're very fortunate And having to pass both chambers and signed by the governor, and it helped that young lady tremendously.
0: Okay, so I had asked you uh, about Donald Trump. Your opponent, we had him in here for for a podcast, and he wouldn't take a stand uh, on some of the controversial uh, statements that uh, Donald Trump has made. He said it has nothing to do with what's happening uh, in the state. Uh, do you think your opponent should have said something either way about no, Donald that's, Trump that's, or that's
1: his decision basically, you know. Um
0: and you seem to be kinda of, you're saying sort of the same thing because I asked you know. about Donald Trump and you're talking more about everyday right, policy right, and right,
1: right. I mean the people as I go door to door and meet a lot of people, the people tell me that it's the strangest year they've ever recalled, you know. And uh, they're they're just uh, perplexed by, you know, all the personal controversy. And not really about, you know, the major issues that confront uh, our country.
0: And then putting Trump, the person, aside, partially at least for a moment, (laughs) he he does seem to, at least, and this is my opinion from what I see just talking to people in Derby and Ansonia, there is a sense of anger among some uh, out there in the community that he seems to channel uh, I think
2: it's both sides of the political spectrum. Like he won the valley in the primaries, and so did Bernie Sanders. Uh, mm. So I think there's sort of a there's a feeling of dissatisfaction at least. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: we we that. don't really come in contact with that as as we talk to many people. Yeah,
0: do you sense people are
1: angrier or? Uh, no, there's no way I could tell. I I have not experienced that personally. Because okay. when we when we uh, go door to door and we talk to people, uh, basically we're we're speaking of you know state issues and. And now I I can't recall people who saying, well, oh, outside of this is a really different year for president for a president, and uh, and then they leave it at that. But it's almost removed from what's happening. Yes, uh, definitely. Locally. Yes.
0: Uh, I mean, one thing. What about we, we get people on our Facebook page, and we have about twelve thousand people who follow us on Facebook, and we go uh, they, we always respond to people when they ask us questions. But there is a sense uh, among them, and it could be, uh, you know, the squeaky wheel uh, uh, gets uh, whatever that that phrase is, but there's Greece. a sense that there's, there's yeah, there we go, that they're being squeezed by taxes, they're being squeezed by uh, home values plummeting here in the valley, or at least in Ansonia and Derby, uh, mm. and ever-rising utility rates. Like, how do you uh, address some of those concerns?
1: Well, personally, I, I when uh, the public hearing was held for the increased rates by UI, I, I appeared there, and I opposed it. I believe I was the only one. The increase in rates. I even appeared at the public hearing for the increase in uh, rail fares, even though they weren't that significant. So um, we were there opposing it. But you know, the thing that's so fascinating—we uh, have, we being the Senate Democrats, uh, have a, a report about Connecticut has a great quality of life. We rank exceptionally high as a great place to live, work, and raise a family. And I could quote you all kind of statistics and you'll probably fall asleep. But just the other day under the Hartford Business they said Connecticut climbs in national high-tech sector rankings from ninth to six. Connecticut is a great state to live, to work, and, and to raise a family and we rank tremendously. Let me just state quarter you know some of these. Fourth best quality of life in the nation. First in the nation on the American Human Development Index, the sixth healthiest state in the nation, the sixth best healthcare in the nation, um, was one of only two states in the nation to have ended veterans' homelessness, high quality education, uh, the third best K twelve education system in the nation, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And unfortunately, you know, you will read about that, for, you know, often, but that's the truth, and this is just data from the Brookings Institute and other reputable, you know, institutions.
0: And and you think people of Ansonia and Derby feel the same, that they're benefiting from those positives you just mentioned?
1: I can't speak to that. I, you know, personally, I, as I go door to door, I haven't heard uh, uh, any negativity uh, about this, situation. Do we all have personal challenges? You know, obviously, of course, you know, I, as, uh, as we talked earlier, um, sometimes it's a uh, an illness. Sometimes it's, you know, not having, uh, you know, a job or uh, not having enough income to pay the bill. So uh, I think that's more of the common issue than anything else. Okay.
2: Could I just jump in quickly? You mentioned the, your opposition to the rail, uh, fare hikes, and you might have heard in the background, if you're listening, yeah. the, the, uh, train, uh, right near the, the train stations right near our office, uh, it's stopping right now. It's about, it'll, the next time it'll stop, it'll be in about three hours. Um, there's some funding coming to uh, like put sidings in, right. um, you know, describe like, you know, when 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 can people expect to actually see more frequent train service in the valley? Because that's something we hear constantly
1: about. Well, I'm trying if I help have the name right. So Jim Gildia, is he the, uh, the
2: what? Yeah, the commuter Rail yeah.
1: Council. Yeah. Yeah. I've worked with him over since he started uh, his uh, crusade for better service. And uh, I think there are two important things. What there was money allocated some years ago for uh, proper signal, you know, mechanisms. Then also the second rail. So whenever you know I could help him, I'd been there. And uh, I can't put a timeline as far as when I to get it done. But whatever we could do to uh, expedite that, you know, we're standing ready to do it. And uh, if my constituents uh, believe I've been doing, uh, you know great for them then I'm right there helping all I could
0: and what do you see as the biggest challenges and and we, and we covered Derby and Ansonia so my apologies to Woodbridge and some of the other no, towns. No, no, uh, town right. they they don't know us there <laughs> but what are the biggest challenges to economic development in say downtown Derby and, and downtown Ansonia and what can the state do
1: to help well we state or what state, has it done the, the and, state has done an awful lot but I, I've also been very involved with uh, uh, Mayor Degato's uh, project that uh, I think there's a, a meeting tonight uh, trying to, you know, downtown
0: redevelopment, right south of town redevelopment,
1: so yeah. to what have you. Uh, We've worked with Mayor Cassetti. Uh, Whenever we could provide uh, bonding uh, funds for different economic projects, we've been there. I think if you look at our record, there were something like maybe seven major bonding allocations working along with uh, my colleague, Representative Gentile, uh, that we were able to get funding uh, for economic development for the city and Sonia and also in some areas for the city of Derby.
0: And is that the is is the key uh, problem there? It's just uh, is funding. They need the, the problems are so uh, major with brownfields and the old mills that yeah. it's just yes, yes. And it. we
1: I think we do, we, we yeah you know, we're fortunate in getting money for for brownfields in Ansonia. Yeah, we've been very very fortunate in uh, getting dollars for uh, you know for both cities. I could
0: taking a moment to grab a, uh, I, I yeah. assume some data.
1: Yeah, the um, just for example, like bonding allocation. Um, and Sonia, there was one point seven hundred and fifty thousand for a loan to Farrell Corporation to assist with the construction of a new facility for business expansion. Um, there was a uh, Smart seventy five thousand for Smart Start grant. And Sonia, uh, there was a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar grant. And Sonia for reconstruction of the access road and entrance. Uh, to Fountain Lake Commerce Center, so for economic development, for education there was 1.2 million for Alliance District Grant to Ansonia, so you know, and we helped with Derby, uh, uh, also for uh, there was close to 500,000 to Derby to finance planning for revitalization of downtown, and and the beat goes on and on and on. Okay. Go for ahead. readers
2: who might not be familiar with you, uh, just tell us a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up? What did your parents do for a living, family, etc. cetera?
1: Now, I was a product of the city of New Haven. Uh, uh, where I went to school in the city of New Haven and uh, uh, went on to the uh, University of Connecticut and uh, did some graduate work at uh, Trinity College. I, I was very fortunate to have... Uh, teachers who who were so dedicated who made a difference in my life i uh, it may be hard to believe but uh, i was uh, awarded a football scholarship uh, to the university of connecticut and uh, i was a you know a pulling guard and, and a middle linebacker and
0: uh, ethan laughed but you're in better uh, shape than either of us right now but really
1: when I, you know, I played football at wilbur cross and uh, it made a big difference in my life i never forget the the teacher at Wilbercross, his name was George Barbarito. He really, you know, st- took a liking to me and, and helped me and uh, gave me the appropriate guidance. So uh, whatever I've achieved, uh, you know, I owe to, you know, that outstanding teacher. What did your car-
0: father do for a living? when you're My cars-
1: father was a truck driver. He was a teamster. It w- was interesting. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, he worked for the AliExpress Company, which became Yellow Trucking. Uh, we lived on James Street in New Haven. He used to walk to work. And... Uh, he uh, was a, a, a union member, but they, they liked him so much they allowed him to be a dispatcher. But what happened, he retired um, and came home, and it just didn't work out being retired with my mother. So Henry Healy was the high sheriff at the time and uh, appointed him as a courtroom sheriff. And he became very friendly with the, uh, the uh, uh, judges, and they loved him. And uh, until he passed away, uh, he worked in the court system
0: and did uh w- w- was politics was it something that was discussed in your house like was there well, was public uh, uh service encouraged yes yes up?
1: really well my uh mother was a chairlady of the ward in new haven and my father was on the board of aldermen. and uh, uh interestingly uh one of his colleagues was rosa DeLauro's mother hmm. uh, they used to call them the odd couple and uh, <laughs> they both they both served together uh, for for a while and uh and then, you know, he retired from being an alderman and uh, went to work for the, you know, the, the court system. But it was interesting. I mean, he worked with people like Marty Looney when Marty first started his political mm. career. So it uh, was, was all in Fairhaven. And it was just something that happened, naturally. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in your
2: last uh, re-election campaign, your Republican opponent was Phil Tripp, the president of the board of aldermen in Ansonia who ran an energetic campaign uh, and I think slightly edged uh, you out in votes in Ansonia, but lost heavily elsewhere in the district. Is your sense this time around that you have just as much of a challenge on your hands, more of a challenge, or, you know, I'm it, well, sure al- it's always a challenge. No, we
1: always take the position that uh, we have to do everything possible, give it 110%. Uh, we never take anything for granted. And uh, we have a um, campaign plan and we're following it and we work very hard at it. we, We just get so excited about having the opportunity to make a difference in people's lives. Uh, You know, I I just, I've been very fortunate, and I said, uh, again, no one does it alone, but uh, with your colleagues and your staff and and your constituents, you get things done. And I I spoke to you about the Biomedical Research Fund, the off-label prescription uh, 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 legislation, and, and as I, I could mention, maybe 127 other pieces of legislation, but I don't think we have time. <laughs> Are oh. you doing
0: anything
2: like differently?
0: Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask just follow-up, uh, yeah, sort of yeah. piggybacking on yours. We keep reading uh, in the in the kind of the state uh, newspapers that this uh, district is being targeted mm. by yeah. the GOP, but I don't know what that means. Uh, as and so I think long-
2: that it was the same last time. I mean. You know, they they brought in Cliff from Cheers to to try to close the deal for Tripp.
0: So Senator. What does that mean when when you're in a race that's been well, targeted?
1: It, it means that basically that uh, uh, my opponent will get extra funding. You know, they create an independent party or something like that to uh, provide dollars in addition to your own campaign raising uh, uh, efforts, or if you're participating in the uh, uh, the uh, state uh, funding program. You'll just get extra dollars, so uh, that's you know, the way it is. But you know, uh, uh, we do the best I could. And I also want to mention, I uh, again, we're also responsible for Family Day, which is by statute established on uh, one day a year. There's a special uh, a day where families are recognized, and a poster is is uh, is created, and, and there's a winner awarded. Uh, I created the Hall of Fame, and the, at the uh, State Capitol it's on the second floor in the atrium and it's uh, uh, recognizes those residents that have contributed to uh, uh, the state, the nation and the world you know uh, we had a, our last class included uh, Horace Wells who invented from West Hartford anesthesia. Um, there was uh, General Burbank who uh, established and I may not have the correct pronunciation West Point. so if you go on to the second floor of the, of the legislative office building the atrium, You'll see a wall with different names on it, and you know even like uh, Paul Newman and uh, Igor Sikorsky, uh, uh, who've contributed significantly to the state of, uh, of Connecticut. In fact, we have a nominating lit with process, and we have a list of like 115 names that have been nominated, and we have a bipartisan committee, you know, uh, both sides of the aisle, both chambers that select a class each year, and has to be approved uh, by the um, Six legislative leaders also. Okay, so it's easier to get into heaven. We we kid. Sometimes.
0: <laughs> One thing we wanted to ask you, uh, switching gears, uh, you declined to debate your opponent, uh, who as a result called you quote out of touch with voters of the district. Hi. Uh, what's your What's your view on uh, on debating? And you're saying you you were you willing to debate or you couldn't?
1: Well, yeah, no. The, I think the issue was that uh, to have the right organization uh, establish a a forum for all the candidates and nobody was able to accomplish that.
0: Isn't uh just talking off the top of my head to have all, all the candidates meaning, meaning
1: Not from the state, but from the district. Okay. Yeah, the was House that, and Senate. Yeah. Okay.
0: Does that make it uh tougher to ma- I know we've organized debates here and there and the more people you have the more uh no. complicated it becomes. Why not just do a one on no, one old fashioned uh, debate?
1: Over the pa over the years have participated in, in debates structured that way. I don't think it's any less or uh, difficult or, or more or more difficult.
0: Or if it couldn't be arranged, why not do one-on-one with uh, your
2: opponent?
1: No, I just believe that every, you know, all the delegates, all the candidates should be there.
2: Uh, you mentioned the Sikorsky deal earlier. Um, that's uh, you, you mentioned that you know, it, it passed overwhelmingly in, with bipartisan support. And your
0: latest mailer has a has a helicopter right on the back of it that I wrapped at my house yesterday that I'm oh, you holding wow, up. There glad it is. It's there. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's um, the... Uh, Super stallion, which is fantastic
2: to the to the critics of the deal. And, and you said, that obviously, that it, it had broad bipartisan support. and We got press releases from Republicans and Democrats saying, you know, this is why I voted for it. But how 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 how, how did you res- how would you respond to the critique that it's corporate welfare or crony capitalism? Uh, mm, uh, basically th- a giveaway.
1: I think you have to be uh, genuine in looking at what has been transpired uh, throughout the whole country. I think there were 75 major corporate deals throughout the United States, and our deal wasn't even included in that. They were all much substantial, and I do believe that for every dollar we invested, we received nine dollars back. I'm not quite accurate on, on the on, on the ratio, so uh, it's something that has uh, uh, been happening throughout the uh, throughout the uh, country. And to keep those ten thousand jobs here, I think the investment was well worth it. It was really, I think, f- fantastic. Uh, I mean, with with three as I mentioned before, three hundred and two subcontractors, and all the and the other thing that that I was I was interested in is that, far as from the national security perspective, we have talented, trained you know people at Sikorsky. If for some reason. You know, the uh, Lockheed decided to move it to Colorado. Would the, how long would it take for them to train the people? Would the skilled workforce be out there? Uh, no one could answer that, obviously, but uh, I think it was very important from a national security perspective also to, to uh, keep Sikorsky here. You know, they're finishing the Black Hawk uh, production line, and now they go forth with the Super Stallion, which is uh, quite, quite a uh, helicopter.
0: And then, just switching gears again, there was a uh, there was some news uh, in the CT Mirror a few weeks ago about I believe it was the State Board of Education uh, talking about possibly right. closing yeah, two yeah. tech schools. Uh, we shared the story on our social media site, and it really touched a nerve among the people yeah. of the Valley, saying, "There's no way you can do this considering uh, how important uh, Ammon O'Brien yeah. here's locally." Uh, what what do you think is going to happen there? What are your well, thoughts on tech schools?
1: First of all, you know we, they're an integral part of our education system, and I've done a lot of work with uh, uh, Emmett O'Brien and uh, uh, the principal there, particularly Lori. Uh, all out of the new uh, construction was through the efforts of the Ansonia delegation and, and other people. I uh, checked into that, and I was told by the administration that. Uh, there was nothing substantial to that. There, there was no uh, nothing that's indicated or no, uh, that said that uh, they were going to close them. So it was, as uh, un- far as I'm concerned, uh, unfounded. Uh, you know, uh, statement. Okay. Uh, you, you've
2: talked a lot about uh, your work with healthcare. It's obviously a big part of uh, you know your legislative career. Um, there was recent news that the Affordable Care Act uh, is going to see you know steep premium hikes that are apparently looming on the horizon. That's obviously a federal law, mm-hmm. uh, but what's your sort of long term vision for the best way the uh, to deliver healthcare? Like you know, do you dream of like a, a single payer system or private providers with a public option? None of the above and. And what role does the state play, I guess?
1: Well, the state, play, you know, we, uh, I think the insurance committee uh, created the Access Health Care in, in the state of Connecticut, and there are thousands of people who uh, have health care now that wouldn't have had it before. Um, obviously, in any anything that uh, one pursues, there has to be fine-tuning, and uh, we will continue uh, to uh, watch what's going on in in you know, as chairman of the insurance committee, I've been very concerned about, well, two things, that we're the number one insurance state in the country as far as uh, employees, but at the same time, uh, we're very committed to the in, in consumer and the people of Canada making sure that uh, they get adequate uh, you know, protection under insurance policies. That's why we, we're the number one state in the country on uh, uh, coverage for breast cancer when dense tissue I- is involved. In um, many other areas that uh, we we uh, uh, have been uh, fortunate to uh, adopt legislation uh, to protect uh, the people of Connecticut, and and uh, as I stated before, we're, we're like the uh, sixth healthiest state, the, uh, fifth best healthcare in the nation. So it's all there. But uh, we've been very fortunate to uh, all work together and uh, get legislation that helps the people of Connecticut, you know, passed.
0: Want to talk about education funding? A big yeah, yeah, issue, I, I mean, uh, that's another,
2: uh, th- you know, I cover Ansonia, Eugene covers Derby. It's like every year, ed- you know, during budget time, education is obviously the subject of a lot of, you know, usually the subject, like the main subject of debate. Um, you know, off of the last couple of years in Ansonia, we've seen the school district asking for more funny than the city essentially is willing to a lot. Um, Republicans have long said, uh, and some Democrats, that the state, and isn't allotting the amount of money it should under its own elect uh, education cost-sharing formula There was a recent lawsuit in which a judge uh, ruled that that's essentially correct uh, the state's appealing that um, The judge had given a, a, Some sort of timeline to the legislature to he basically gave the legislature, you know marching orders um, And I guess that's on hold while it's appealed how do, how do you think the issue should be resolved? Uh, you know, well, it's, it's a big big question. but
1: Definitely, definitely. And I, I was looking at, you know, a chart here about uh, state aid to districts, uh, to my district and ECS saying Sonia received $16,558,000. Yeah, well more dollars. than
2: 50% of the, the school district's annual budget is state money already.
1: Yes, and uh, as McCausier, and I know him personally, uh, in his decision, uh, are there certain... Uh, Parts of the formula that aren't fair, we would have to look at that, and I think we should uh, uh, act accordingly. If there needs to be changes in order to make a more equal distribution, then uh, we should do it. Uh, Derby received seven point nine million dollars in ECS money, and I'm not even talking about the Delta Education. It was about a, about a hundred thousand each for for each town, so there there is a, a lot of uh, uh, money. Uh, we I've worked with Representative Gentile. Uh, Many times on different uh, needs for the uh, Ansonia educational system, and we uh, meet uh, all the time with the uh, uh, the superintendent of schools and uh, whatever we could do to uh, to help. We're we're there to help.
2: The the judge also said as part of his. I mean, it was a uh, the decision. Like you know, if if you go to the state judicial branch website, it's it's sixty something pages. It's very sort of a systemic condemnation. He said the the teacher evaluation system is like cotton candy in the wind, uh, things like that. Do, do you think like teachers unions, public sector unions have too much power in Connecticut? That's often a, a critique we often hear as well.
1: No, I, I haven't heard that. I mean, uh, uh, we work with everyone, whether it be the teachers, the administration, uh, whatever is best for, for the students, uh, you know, of, of our district. And uh, as you know, education is such, such a, a key. And, uh, So I mentioned earlier that we have the third best K-12 public education system in the nation. Uh, We have one of the top uh, uh, higher education institutions in in UConn. Uh, So, uh, you know, uh, we're doing something right.
0: Can you, one thing uh, getting back to the Republican strategy in this race and all races in the, in the state seems to be to tie all Democrats to a governor Malloy can you name some examples where you've disagreed uh, with the governor on uh, any legislation
1: or programs uh, boy. you know considering the hundreds of, of bills that uh, we vote on or look at in committee I I, I can't no I agree with him agree, tell you what I agreed or disagree because G- basically we do what we feel is right. For our district and for the people of Connecticut,
0: what is your critique or, or assessment of uh, the role uh, Malloy has been a- as governor? Well, you a- know, and why do you think his his uh, poll numbers were so low know. the last I, time? It's they a mystery.
1: You know, I've been very fortunate. I, I you know, w- start working with uh, Governor Rowland and uh, Governor Rowland was kind enough to get us over a million dollars for the restoration of the uh, the Opera House in Derby, and I've worked with. Uh, you know Go- governor rell uh, even governor Weicker, uh you know governor loy and i've always had a good working relationships with all our governors so uh, i i it's uh, an an interesting point of why he's, his his poll figures are so low and i um, i i can't answer that Go ahead. Ahead. Did you have a, do you have an answer? No, well, I,
0: well I, don't know, I don't know if I have an answer, but usually the follow-up question, is it his personality? Does he just rub people oh, so the wrong way?
1: Is he just know. not likable no, as a, a person? It's a good question. I don't know. I, I'm puzzled by it.
0: Yeah, but you yeah. know better than I because you've dealt with so many. Yeah, I've never even met I.
1: Man. He seems, you know, uh, whenever we had uh, a need for help, we went to him, and uh, he's been very cooperative. Like all the former governors, I never had a problem with a governor, whether whether they're... Republican, Democrat, or Independent. Go
2: ahead, Ethan. Uh, There, like, there's been talk recently of, uh, you know, just touching on the education issue again, funding-wise. About, uh, I forget who published the report, but there was a report recently that said, like, you know, you know, is the pattern of uh, supporting local education through local property taxes is that sustainable? Should that be overhauled completely? do you have any opinion on that? Uh, you know whether whether you know we, we need to just completely reinvent the system uh, in in like a statewide way or not? How, well, we should
1: always it? look at you know how ways to improve you know particular our educational system. Uh, you know when we did the uh, uh, the bill on the uh, uh, car tax this year. Uh, that helped a lot of communities in property tax. That was uh,
2: basically to set, cap the car. Set tax, a cap and
1: then make up the difference to the different communities and every you know every com- different communities and uh, benefit uh, in many ways uh, throughout the state. So uh, we thought that was very very innovative and uh, a way to help people uh, you know uh, from increasing property tax. So I, I think that was quite innovative. Do you agree?
2: Oh, I, I take. I, I'm I'm objective on that. Okay. I believe. Yeah. I, I agree I've never with owned a, I've never minutes. owned a car that would. I've yes. never owned a car that was uh, worth enough to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> pay that much, So yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, I've got no, a Pontiac no, I, Vibe with two hundred thousand miles. I thought
1: on it. it was innovative and uh, uh, it, it helped a lot of communities and is helping a lot of communities. Did you a follow up?
2: No, no. Go
0: ahead. I, I want to ask now that this uh, election season is sort of drawing to a close. What do you do uh, during the next week or so? Uh, To get out the vote, what happens uh, in a campaign at this point?
1: Well, I definitely have different, uh, you know, uh, uh, organizations. I mean, you have the presidential, uh, the Clinton group working. You have uh, Blumenthal, Deloro, our organization, all uh, working in a uh, in a designated plan and and calling people to. Come out and vote, and to remind them how how important it is, particularly uh, this year on on the presidential level, with the you know the Supreme Court justice issue out there looming and uh, and and other areas. So,
0: do you think? I mean, obviously, a a greater number of people uh, will
1: turn out uh, for well, historically, yeah, that's always been the case in presidential elections
0: and it seems to me just on the local level i know the the longer someone's in office it's almost natural the more <laughs> enemies you're you're going to make cuz you can never make everybody uh, happy so how do you manage that uh, uh, this this far into your uh, service and well, hard I, I
1: just given 110% and uh, as far as i could uh, recall i don't have many uh, i don't have, well i don't recall anybody calling me saying look you're not doing the job etc whatever as I mentioned earlier, we give it 110%. We have a proven record, proven service. Uh, our constituents are always contacted when they call our office. And uh, we work you know, tirelessly on being creative. Like I talked to you about the Biomedical Research Fund, uh, the off-label prescription. Whenever there is a need, I mean, sometimes you get... Uh, I had a situation where a bus driver was having a problem with his driver's license. And you, you help him with that. And... Uh, to retain his uh, his employment, so there's uh, hundreds of of uh, constituent issues that you're always working on, and uh, where I have been committed uh, to making life better for people, uh, as I said, pr- proven record, 35 pages or that, and proven service, and I will continue to do that if uh, if the people of the 17th uh, believe in me. Okay, and with that, Ethan,
0: do you have any uh, follow-up?
2: Uh,
1: have we, like
0: have we? Is
2: there anything you wanted to mention that we haven't asked questions about specifically? Like any? any the man's
0: got a giant file folder <laughs> in front of him. Gonna,
2: he is prepared. Well,
1: well, if I have another hour, uh, <laughs> is this your first podcast that uh, you've done? Uh, yes. You've yes. Oh, there man, you go. This is history. Ground. Yes, history-making ground. interview. Yeah, we. Uh, no, we have. Uh, you know, things that we're still concerned about. We want to continue to have uh, insurance companies. Uh, cover, you know, the important health issues uh, like we've done in the past. Uh, uh, we we want to make sure our towns get, uh, you know, adequate resources from the state when when they need it. Uh, we have to continue to fight uh, uh, to encourage economic growth and uh, provide opportunities for job creation. We we have to work near the budget. The budget is be a challenge, and we have to be fiscal responsible. We have to always work to ease the tax burden for working families and support small businesses and very importantly we have to support our youth with school improvements uh, uh, after school programs universal pre-k and you know we did a very good bill this year the care act for seniors because we have to work continuously as our seniors continue to you know uh, age in place and make sure they have access to quality services and assistance programs so you, know, you could go on and on and on, but it gets down to how do we make life better for all of us. Okay.
0: With that, Senator Crisco, I want to thank you for taking the time to come to the Valley Indie office in Ansonia and chat with us today. We really do appreciate it. You're very it. welcome. All right. And this is Eugene Driscoll and? Ethan Fry. Signing off for uh, valleyindie.org and uh, Navel Gazing, our podcast. Thank you.